Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. I'm Kate Ferris, a coach, writer, hiker, and recovering high achiever, and this is a work in life podcast. Join me for discussions and musings about how our work can be a small and magical part of a bigger, more meaningful life. So come on in, get comfy, and let's begin. Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. This week, I'm sharing my next conversation with Sasha, and it's a little earlier than planned because I have been moving house this week. You may be able to tell this intro is slightly more echoey because I'm recording it in an empty new office. But yes, this week was definitely not the time to be recording a new solo show. So I'm bringing this conversation forwards a little bit. Earlier in the month, Sasha sent me an article about time millionaires that we decided we should definitely 100% talk about on the podcast. And so in this episode, we talk about how we're valuing our time, how we want to use our time, productivity versus leisure, and the dreaded screen time. So let's dive in. Hello. Hi, friend. How are you doing? I am hanging on. <laughs> nice pause. <laughs> I, uh, I was about to go, I'm good. And then I was like, am I? That's <laughs> like the, the that blooming word, fine. I'm fine. Ooh. But are you? Are you though? <laughs> okay. Hanging on. Well, just like, you know, middle of in the eye of the moving house storm (laughs) and just it's like this weird really weird and I've got like all these work ideas and all these things that I'm so ready to do but just like can't Mm. I like physically could but I just can't I can't get the headspace I can't just sit down and do stuff because I'm thinking about like council tax and those things and so it's just like I did today like try and sit down and do some work and I was like no I just have to go and pack some boxes actually that's actually what is pressing on me at the moment so that's why I'm hanging on I'm, I'm all I'm, I am all right it's just dangling in the limbo okay all right hopefully by the next time we speak on another episode you won't be hanging on you'll be fully on the ledge and doing all the things. Yeah. I, I kind of hope I'll be quite far away from the ledge, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> the ledge is not in sight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That would be very nice. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? I'm okay. I feel like I've had quite a few ups and downs the last couple of weeks. Very extreme mood swings, I want to call them. I'm... It's making me think of the um, the nursery rhyme, like, and when they were up, they were up, and when they were down, they were down, and that's me. When I'm up, I'm up. <laughs> but when I'm down, oh, no one talk to me. The whole world should go away and throw everything in the bin. <laughs> um, but, yeah, for now, for today, I'm doing pretty good. Um, we're talking on the weekend, and the weekend is one of my favourite times because it's when I get to come down and decompress and do all of the stuff that make me me and that I like doing and largely be left alone. So, 
we're talking at a good time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go into any of the ups and downs or is it still a little bit? No, because I've spoken about some of it on my Instagram. It's kind of like everything mixed up together. So I guess some of the ups and downs are work related because as I'm sure we'll talk about later, I think my frustration is making me more sure of what I would like my next steps or what, what work might look like for me in the next, I don't know, however long in the future. And I don't have that currently. And so the frustration is going, growing rather, <laughs> along with the knowing. And I'm kind of, yeah, waiting for the, for the next thing. Knowing, I think, what the next right thing is and just trying to find it. And then for me, the thing I wrote on um, World Mental Health Day, I'm not normally a person for writing things on certain days. But I don't know, I was just reading a, a couple of things and I'd had a conversation that, that day that just left me thinking, hmm, I think, I think there's something I just want to write. And I just I just started to, to type up this caption about dealing with a year or so, yeah, about a year worth of heartbreak and how that had felt and how it had actually affected my mental health. But I was only realising towards the end of coming out of the dip, kind of like knowing what I feel like now and knowing what a normal day not feeling so good feels like lets me know that where I was was in like earlier in the summer and earlier in the year was not okay. And so, yeah, I wrote about I wrote about that and it, it, it seemed to resonate a lot. It traveled quite far. My DMs were full. There were so many comments and discussions and conversation that started to happen off the back of that and it kind of felt like a release but also I don't know if I expected that to be the end like oh I've I've finally been able to put words to this thing that I've been feeling for so long but actually I'm not sure if it's the end or just the opening of a new door (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so yeah but it was good to, to just kind of go blah (laughs) and finally be able to get something out because it just felt like it was taking up so much space in my brain but I I couldn't get the words out I couldn't have conversations I I, I just don't I don't know but yeah it felt Mm -hmm. it felt good to just talk about it in a in a weird kind of talking at people but then also having them talk back at you via the comments kind of way it's kind of like writing a letter in a way where you write and then the person receives it and then they might write back to you but I quite like sometimes that that one-way conversation where you can't be interrupted should we say Mm -hmm. Um, you just kind of get out everything that that flows I think that's how I think of my Instagram sometimes like kind of writing little letters to the internet <laughs> and seeing what comes back if anything but not really writing it for anyone largely just for myself so yeah I think that's where I've where I've been at for a, a little while <laughs> oh god <laughs> it's just like has it always been like this is this a post-pandemic thing is this like for both of us a post-breakup thing to just be like so in our heads and feeling so intently and like going through these phases it's like a series of doors along a corridor and then like you open one like you kind of said like I've named it oh no that's like 
and now I don't know again. I'm just like, this is what I mean. It's like, has it always been this hard? <laughs> yeah, I, man, I don't know. This does feel, has felt like an exceptionally difficult year and a half with like layers of things that would usually take you out if they were to happen on their own. But when then you're like putting them all on top at the same time and it's like, mm, okay, mm. <laughs> how are we going to deal with this then? <laughs> I don't know to, if it's, if it's always, if it's always been this hard or if it's to do with this time, I don't have an answer. Mm. <laughs> I'm mm. just trying to, which is why I think when I said, oh, with work, I'm not sure what the next thing is for the next bit of the future. I can't even name that time frame because I'm not thinking in time frames at the moment. I'm kind of thinking day by day and maybe week by week and that's mm. it. <laughs> yeah, and but that's interesting as well because that's kind of where I've been is this very strange way you're, you're day to day and then you also have like future vision but that there's a huge void between the two. Like there's no medium term. There's a long term and a short term, but the medium term seems to have just like disappeared. <laughs> yeah, I can't think that far ahead. And it's so, it's very strange to me because I spent a lot of years as a PA and a planner and a controller of things, people, time and myself. And so I would always think of like the medium to long term, even in like plans built in with friends, I would always have things to look forward to. And even one of my friends this week, she messaged me um, and was like, oh, yeah, the kids are going to be in half term soon so we can get something in the diary and and do something. And I was like, (laughs) I replied saying, like, it's not that I don't want to see you, but do not rely on me to make plans right now. <laughs> Just turn up at my house with like dessert and some kind of alcoholic beverage and we'll go from there. <laughs> it's a strange adaption because I don't recognise that part of myself. It's very, very new. And does this feel out of your conscious control? Like, are you deciding to be very short term or is it like, I cannot? Mm, but both. If you would have asked me that, I think, six months ago, I would have said I cannot think about anything else apart from getting through this day. And now I think there's an element of not having made good decisions, but having made decisions that feel true. So I know I can, I'm learning more and more and knowing more and more that I can trust myself. So I don't need to have the medium and long-term plans because I know that when the next right thing comes, I'll do what I need to do. And that's a really nice way of looking at it because it can feel like, uh, yeah, almost like having things so strictly planned out is somewhat of a lack of trust in oneself to be able to make a decision. Very true. I'm actually going to fight go on my Instagram just now because I um, put something on my story, I think just today, actually. And that rings very true with what we're saying just now. It's a quote by Kimberly Garner that said she woke up and realized if I'm doing all the controlling, I'm leaving no room for the adventure of life to have its way with me. And I was like, oh, hello, journal prompt. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I I was, I think, kind of a reforming, controlling person. And I think one thing that stuck with me as a lesson from last year, from reading, um, I think, probably the one book that most of the 
world read last year, which is uh, Glennon Doyle's Untamed. But one thing that sticks with me from that book is she says you can trust something or someone or you can control it, but you can't do both. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Mm. So I've been sitting with that for, for quite some time, realising that actually what I was doing in the end of my relationship was trying to control and micromanage it into going where I wanted it to go and doing what I wanted it to do and fulfilling the bits of me that I needed it to fulfill. And if you're controlling something, you're not trusting it. And if you can't trust it, why can't you trust it? What, what What's there? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been a big kind of question. Yeah, I love that part of the book as well, because it's kind of like you can't trust if you're trying to control something, you don't trust it. And if you don't trust it, you can't love it. Yes. Trust them as if it's a person. And mm. yeah, that that kind of, just those three steps from control to like, it's very like, of course. <laughs> and and also that I think we've all, we all like the idea that so much is within our control, but like 90% of stuff isn't. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, that that's what I realized that I was trying to control things that can't be controlled. Mm. So I was just using all this energy, excessive energy, and it was such a waste of time. <laughs> mm. So is there anything since we last spoke kind of been a big change or anything that's or like a new realization that's changing your life or is it all sort of much the same as it was I think realization and confirmation actually I'd been quietly thinking about I don't know I think maybe work stuff and what I was what I was doing with it how I was going to find my right work blend and then our episode came out and I had so many messages and replies and responses about it of people saying i I get you completely. I feel like I'm in the in-between as well. And I've realised that that as well as writing about self-doubt and being the journaling lady that everyone knows online, I'm also a woman figuring it out. And that is something that holds deep resonance as well because all of us are. We're all just figuring it out. And I think for me, that is something else I can speak to in, in life and in work while I while literally do this thing, while I, you know, have started freelance this year and I'm doing all of these creative things and I'm starting a podcast and I'm doing journaling workshops and I'm trying new things while also balancing full-time work and seeing if that still fits. And just the reflection of that feels like it's been quite powerful um, for a lot of people who who sit in the same same boat um and then there's also been confirmation in that I know I don't want to work full-time anymore nope (laughs) not for me this was the first time I was working full-time all year and I don't want to do it I resent it when I'm when I'm there and particularly the last couple of weeks where there have been certain things that have relied on certain people to be in the office and be around Things can't progress without their say-so. And I'm just sat there and I'm trying to look busy and I'm getting mm. more frustrated. And I, 20-year-old me would have actually quite liked that because I'd have been like, well, I'll sit here and they can pay me to do nothing. 
<laughs> 36 year old me is like, don't pay me, let me go home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't care about being paid. I don't want to be here. <laughs> oh my God, that just like the biggest metaphor I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so so yeah I'm gearing up for the conversation where I ask them if I can do because I still I still want to work as in be employed but I what I want what I know that I want now is for my full-time clock or my full-time set of hours not to be dedicated to just one person. I don't want to be doing frank and feel creative work in the recesses, in the midnight hours. I want it to take prominence in the week like the the other parts of the working week. So I'm looking for four days a week or some kind of split hours contract. And for the last three weeks, actually, just as it's so happened to work out because of strategically booked annual leave I've been doing four days a week so I'm gonna go in and be like <laughs> and I've been doing it and everything's been getting done so I think we just carry on like this yeah <laughs> so that's where I am uh, a few weeks on <laughs> yeah and I really like this wanting to bring Frank and feel like into the light <laughs> and and having it as an equal to like full-time work for someone else and what what was it that kind of prompted that realization or that yeah well how did that um because it's the standard right that's like oh your thing you do it like in the midnight hours as you said and it's like to say no my personal project is gonna have an equal footing with paid employment is like people would be like oh it's crazy (laughs) well there's a few things actually there's this this thing of work in life and also realizing that it's not necessarily me making a living anymore it's it's making a life so it's everything that's that's rolled up in it all importance regardless of what it brings in and then <laughs> there's not wanting to perform and put on those pretenses of like i say looking busy Either I want to be busy or I'm not going to want to be there. (laughs) I'm saving you money as well at the same time. And there was something else I've noticed. I've said a few times when I've recorded podcasts with people or when I've spoken about what I do with Frank and Feel. And I've, I've referred to it as creative stuff. And I had to have a word with myself and be like, no, no, friend. It is not creative stuff. You are a podcaster and you're facilitating journaling workshops and you're creating content for people and you're doing freelance creative writing. This is not just creative stuff. Can you elevate it and put some respect on its name, basically? (laughs) This is what I had to tell myself. And take yourself more seriously. And it's felt really nice to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, we could definitely go down a road of like why calling it creative stuff isn't elevated enough <laughs> and what that says about our culture and how we value creative stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Creative stuff sits on the side versus productivity is only to do with like work that's done at a keyboard in an office. Nine to five. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. 
Work so essentially, I've just become even more rebellious. I think you're rubbing off on me, you know. I really do. <laughs> I'm the worst. Like, everybody who speaks to me, I'm like, quit your job, do it. Like, no, it's okay. Your employer doesn't care about you. The only person who can fight for you is yourself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But you... And since we last spoke, your new website has launched. And I don't know if you're ready to talk about that right now in this discussion, but we need to talk about it at some point. Well, yeah, it's funny because I'm not, I'm in this habit of being like, oh, I've not done much. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, oh, I've not really done much since we last spoke. And I was like, oh, no, I have like built a new website and put it live. <laughs> like, that's actually quite a lot. <laughs> but I think that's the thing is that it was quite... And, and to be like my um, wonderful VA did a lot of the work as well. Not even as well. She did a lot of the work. I like picked out some pictures. But having that as a, a project. And it, but it was very, I think the reason I feel like it wasn't big is because it wasn't like a big stressful push to the finish. Like it got to like the mm. last week of September and I was like, oh, I guess it's really done. Too. Yeah. <laughs> just press the button then I guess um, but it, yeah it just was went very slowly bit by bit page by page mm. and then it was just all kind of done and and but the th- I think the trouble is that when it happens like that and it's not like a run to the deadline oh my god it's finished you kind of you don't get that yay feeling you're just like oh, okay that's done <laughs> then it doesn't feel like yeah the the joy of that big tick off off of the checklist mm. and it's interesting to me just that you said that that does it need to feel like that big push mm. over the finish line to count that's what i was gonna say though like it's quite nice to have that detachment from a result because what if I had built this up as like the thing that's going to change my business forever and ever and it's going to, you know, everybody's going to book a million things and then it's just a website going live. That could have been kind of like crushing or, or whatever, but actually just to be like, okay, the website's live. I'm still the same person I was yesterday with the same set of problems. I just now have a website, which is, yeah. Yeah. Who, who am I on the other side of it all the day mm-hmm. after? It's that thing that comes back again. Yeah, yeah. I do think that part of the downside of the detachment is that I'm not like, woohoo, everyone look. I'm just like, okay, it's done. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't done anything to tell people it's there. but <laughs> It's absolutely beautiful. And I got a sneak peek at the wording and I was just like, oh my gosh, why is she reading my life in just the first <laughs> sentences? What? What? Sign me up. I need all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, it did feel good and it felt really good to write it. And like the new about page and stuff was just Mm -hmm. like, I think the last slide is like, not giving a fuck. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's the one and only swear on the website, but it just felt like that's the truthful expression. Sometimes you just need to write first. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Um and yeah, and I think it's been a lot of behind the scenes stuff, both in terms of kind of moving and thinking about what life is gonna be like the other side of the move and also like thinking about what 
products and offerings I want to do going forward because I also like put a closing down sale on of everything I've ever created and now there are only two things available just mm. the purpose kit and the planning kit everything else is gone mm. not for people who've already bought it I did have some worried messages if you've already bought something it's still there <laughs> but like it's not available <laughs> for new people to buy and that's and now there's like this this gap and I've got my my new offering true north but just like it's been a lot of figuring out like what this business model is going to be and where it's all going to sit and I'm now in that place where I always get to where I'm really good at like the planning and then it gets mm-hmm. to the implementation of like I don't want to <laughs> one of us yeah so yeah I've got a a beautiful plan you should see my spreadsheet wow (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) and I think that's the thing when you do have like quite a momentous deadline like a move it's very easy to be like I'll just do everything afterwards and I do think I, I really sway between like is this an excuse or is this like genuinely, I can't do it. And I do think that for a very long time, I've been very below baseline mm. of like my baseline of activity. I've just been below it because of mm. all the reasons. And rather than keep trying to shoot for like maximum amount of blog posts, maximum, like really fully doing it, it's like, no, I just need to get back up to baseline. <laughs> and then we can look at what we're going to do. But God, I just need to get back to a baseline of like routine and eating dinner and like not moving house (laughs) no you're really right because I remember feeling around say June ish time like I was like okay so we're a lot restrictions are kind of being lifted we can we go out and kind of see people again and, and and but I was just like but I don't have the energy for any of this and I was wondering at the time for honestly probably about two three months I was like is this just my new level? Is is this my new baseline? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that honestly was my question for about two months. <laughs> and it was just this weekend that I think I was thinking about the stuff I've done and the fact that I've gone back to full-time work and without even realising it, realizing it, I was like, oh, I think my baseline has shifted. I think I have found a new level of capacity I I just I just started to operate as though what the baseline was in kind of like May June July that that is what it was always going to be and I operated from that place which was very good at the time mm. instead of like you're saying trying to push yourself up up some hill but yeah I, I I honestly thought okay well this is the new status quo what can we mm-hmm. do here mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I I think for me it'd be interesting if you felt the same that the difference has been that I've started to feel annoyed that I'm not at the, that I'm not there. Like not in a, but just more. And I think because it, it with me, it's a lot of external stuff holding me back. Okay. But like, I've just been annoyed that I don't have a routine and I'm annoyed that I sit down to work and I like don't have the energy. And I'm just annoyed that I'm not <laughs> doing that. So, and, it, and it's just a frustration to me now. And I think that's how I know that that kind of shift up through the levels to baseline is on its way because it's a frustration, not like I can't even think about it. I think there's a couple things for me. I think I've found capacity because I've given myself more space like and, and little expectation. 
I've essentially halved my expectation and kind of doubled my compassion and just seeing what comes from that space. <laughs> and it's been the right thing that I've needed. And the other thing that I, I don't, the other side of it, I'm not that pleased about, to be honest. I feel like my capacity has grown purely because now I'm like, oh, well, I'm back at work now and I have to be somewhere for nine o'clock and I have to show up five days a week. And my capacity has grown kind of out of necessity. But again, I guess it is that kind of external expectation set by somebody else. I don't know how natural that is, because one thing I have noticed, though, is that by Thursday, I am kaput. My body is done. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're telling me I still have to get through (laughs) another day. I can't do it. (laughs) I cannot do it. So, yeah, there's been that kind of the baseline has shifted kind of because it has to based on the expectations set out by an employer. But I'm not 100 percent sure if my body fully wants to. And that's not it being lethargic or just being like a petulant child. That's that's my natural rhythm being like, "Mm, yeah, we don't have energy energy for this. (laughs) And also, if you make us find energy for this, where else are we taking it from? Because you're not creating new energy. (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, that's really, that's such an interesting dynamic. Because part of me is like, I'm, I do need quite a bit of external accountability. Like I know on days where I've got client calls, like I get up in the morning <laughs> um, whereas if it's like in inverters just for me it's like well I can just stay here and so there is like that where that kind of friction caused by the external expectation can actually elevate you yes. dra- and drag you up to where you want to be because you, you don't have it within you to do it for yourself but yep. what you're experiencing is like actually a real pushback from your body of like yeah this isn't this is helpful to a point, <laughs> but but it's going too far. Yeah, it is helpful to, and it's it's annoying because it again, I am a person as well who needs outer accountability and like deadlines to make a lot of things happen, even if they're the things I want to make happen. Um, and it kind of pisses me off sometimes when I think I'm good or I perform to my to, I don't know and. What am I trying to say? I think because that expectation is set by someone else, it annoys me that I can't always do that for myself to the same way length that I can do it for other people. Very, very irritating. Mm. Well, maybe you need to triple up on that compassion. Mm, yeah. I, no. <laughs> no. No. Double is double is as far as I can go before I'm just like. <laughs> So I think what I want to get into, and I think we've been skirting around the edges of it for the last half an hour, is that you sent me earlier in the week, maybe I don't even know when, um, an article about time millionaires. Mm. And we're like, this is one for the podcast. And so here we are. Um, And we both read it. I have thoughts. Maybe we should, well, just in brief, obviously, 
the full article will be linked in the show notes. But it was about how, particularly post-pandemic, there's been a rise of people who are valuing time above money and like taking pay cuts to work less hours and also doing what would previously been called taking the piss at work by like just clocking off at 11am and playing an eight hour long YouTube video so it looks like they're online to their boss and stuff um, but how that's something that they're really relishing in post pandemic and so yeah what are your, were your initial reactions thoughts what did you talk about okay so for me I think I've gone through this thing since returning to work I always used to be the person I think at the beginning of my career he was like, need to do all the things, aim for like 110%, um, need to be fully in. And now, <laughs> <laughs> now, since returning to full-time work, I'm like, hmm, hmm. I think if you get like, say, 60, 65, it's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to keep some of the day for myself, some of my energy for myself. And I think I give enough because I think it's part of my, my work ethic not to take the mick and I wouldn't be the person who like I said would would clock off at 11 (laughs) o'clock to watch tv while using a youtube simulation to pretend you're still doing work that wouldn't feel right to me but it also doesn't feel good to me to be like foot down fully on the accelerator and I'll be honest for for the rate of return I'm like you don't pay me enough for that. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's just how I feel. <laughs> that, is, that is just how I feel. Because mm-hmm. I'm sort of on board with the clocking off at 11am. Bec- but if mm-hmm. what's been done, if like, mm-hmm. if everything's happening, like why right. should you spread two hours work, worth of work across eight hours? Just do it in two hours. Yes. See, I didn't take that from it, but actually, you're, yes, you're right. And I think that's how I'm feeling at work where I'm frustrated because I'm like, there's only so much I can do or let me not even start on the couple of days when the internet went down and I had to stay <laughs> the day, even though our phone lines, our internet phone lines, so there was no phone, no email, very, very few things I could do. And I was just like, oh my God, mm. like, what, what is happening here? And the thing I think that has been angering me more and more is presenteeism. So, and that that rings true to to what I guess the article is saying. What is the point of me being here if I can get done what I need to do, get done in like three and a half hours? What's the point? Mm, yeah, it's it's so arbitrary. Mm. It's so arbitrary, like the nine to five. Like, what? Why? <laughs> because it there is there is like really there is no job that needs. I mean, I'm gonna get a slew of like I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure operations need to take a certain amount of time but like it's and different people work in different places and in different ways like it's just yeah. putting everyone in this thing where yeah and the thing that gets it is like the whole oh you're being paid for it well it's like well you're valuing my time why is it you valuing my time when it's my time <laughs> I remember seeing something years and years ago about like what how you value your time is what you would have to be paid to stand if there was like a a stall giving out money but you Mm -hmm. had to queue for an hour how much money would you want the need the stall to give you to make it worth it oh interesting 
Mm. Very interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think all of my my thoughts about all of this stuff are, are changing a lot because for me, I have largely always been a generalist. So I have I didn't specialize in anything. I started working in merchandising and just because I papered my CV across the internet when I graduated, <laughs> that's what turned up. So I worked in fashion merchandising for like five, six years. And when really I, I always knew I wanted to kind of to be a PA or do something kind of like what I saw my mum do growing up. But I thought, no, no, I've gone to uni. I've got this degree. I need I need a career. I need a proper mm. career. And actually... <laughs> that was doing a disservice to everything that's involved with being a PA, to be honest <laughs> with you. And so against my 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 mum's better judgment, I retrained to be a PA and she was like, you don't need to be, you don't need to train, you can just start. And I was like, <laughs> no, no, I need a qualification because I'm moving from merchandising to this. And so I did that and I've kind of been a, a generalist ever, ever since in terms of how I guess my CV has been viewed and so now for the work I do it's like on a per hour basis and I view money now I view that if I'm going to work four days a week or if I want to work part-time or stay on contract works or not work nine to five as it's traditionally been known then I need to be used to getting paid less and that is something that is really stuck in my mind at the moment that I'm trying to like grapple with and and unhandle because it's not helpful for anyone involved including me mostly me to have that view but it is one that I know that a thought that I know is is in my mind like oh if you're just gonna you know be a a generalist and you're you're only going to be paid by hour and you're only going to do three month contracts or um you don't want to work full time then I'm I think what I'm what I'm feeling and it's not something I want to say but I think what I'm feeling is your your time is only worth so much and there's a cap on it I don't Mm. like that thought but it is the one that's that's there for me interesting (laughs) <laughs> it's not and, and is it is it like your time what your time do you have different time values for your that you value your time a certain way but you think others value it a different way or is it umbrella my time has got a cap on it um I think more the first and then also I think when you do certain jobs that fall under like I've kind of stepped away from being a PA. I don't want to work up to being an EA. I don't care about all of that stuff. Um, so now I do a lot of business administration and I'm very good at what I do. But I think there is a cap in terms, there's an industry cap that other people set. Mm-hmm. And, and again, that is based on how they value your time and what you do. And I'm I'm very aware of like how my time is treated and the expectation of what the value on my time looks like from like an employer's point yeah. of view. And I think maybe that plays into part of my resentment as why I'm like, well, sod this. Let me go and do mm. <laughs> more of my freelance work. But there is a, there, having said that, there's another thing at play there because anytime I book annual leave, it's not annual leave, it's to do freelance stuff. So it's not true time off. So mm. it's very interesting playing yeah. out right. <laughs> yeah that is 
this it's so like it's so interesting how like warped and intricate the way we value time is because there's also like this thing piece of well if i'm work working part-time or contract or whatever it is because i value having a piece of my time back like, I'm already getting paid in that time, so that means I can be paid less financially. Like, and when people are like, "Oh, well, I charge less because I'm doing what I love," like, but what? Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's like a payoff between the time and the money mm-hmm. in a way that actually doesn't massively make sense. It's just like this kind of thing of like, "Oh, well, I'm doing something I like, so therefore, I, the time is less valuable because I should just be enjoying it." It's, and, and yeah, which is a very, it feels very kind of seeped in everyone. And it's quite an interesting thing to pull out. Which is then quite interesting when you come back to that piece that said about, you know, I want to clock off at 11 if I've, if I've done all of my work. Because there's that quote that floats around the internet every so often about you're not paying me for the time, you're paying me for the years it's taken me to get that good, mm-hmm. um, to do something in a very quick time. And I think for the work that I do... I can be given very little direction and just get on and get results and get things done and come back to you in a short time. And if you're taking that experience and that skill into consideration, then no, to be paid by hour or to be paid what I am paid by hour is not reflective of that experience. So Mm. it is a very weird thing to unpick and think about. (laughs) Because it's so inefficient. Like yeah. for for businesses as well to pay by the hour and not by output. Like they're paying you for eight hours rather than for your output. They could probably pay you less for when you're doing like just to get a certain amount of tasks done, and then you can go off and have your life. Like it just and and we take this into self employment as well, and that's why people yes. like fill their pla- their calendars for, because you were so used to it being like the time is what you're paid for. Whereas especially mm-hmm. when you, you're self-employed, mm-hmm. your output is what you're paid for. So just do mm-hmm. the out. And this is what got to me with this article mm. is that cerebral, in, like, in my head, I am like so there where I'm like, yep, time is the only finite resource. I can always make more money. I can never make more time. Like the time is the, like, holding on to the time is the most important thing and have definitely got to a point where I... I'm output over hours. That's how I see my work and have whittled it down in an efficient way where like literally the last couple of months with moving and all that kind of thing, like I've kept it all afloat with really just a couple of hours a week because I was getting the most like highly impactful things done. My thing is when it comes to the leisure side Mm. of it, which was quite a big part of the article, is that I've reclaimed all this time and yet there's something within me that can't just like do what I want with it. And I've been sitting here like, well, I'm only working like a couple of hours a week. What am I actually doing? And (laughs) then, and then I calculated my screen time. And and you know when you know, but you haven't seen it in stark numbers. And I worked out that my annual screen time on Instagram alone. Oh, don't go annually. That's going to hurt me. Oh, 847 oh. hours, which is 35 days. So I'm spending more than a month every year on Instagram. And, you know, 
one percent of that is for work because i've posted like three times in the last six months <laughs> and what i'm doing is just like allowing these it to enter my eyeballs like i'm not engaging i'm not registering i'm not like it's just entering my face and seeing that number it was just like this immediate of like okay this stops now like this just stops now and but why i think it's it is that is because i freed up all this time that i can't quite let myself do what i want to with because i'm holding on to this kind of productivity thing and so instead i'm just numbing i'm just like uh-huh. filling that time numbing mm-hmm. that time with with something that i don't really want to be doing because that's like not allowed but it's also not work and it's this weird limbo of like wasting my entire life and so it's like this weird thing with the time millionaire thing it's like yes i value the time but not enough to do something i want with it (laughs) your thoughts (laughs) it's funny because when you mentioned to me just before we started recording about screen time it made me think of my screen time at work and I've had this um I've had one app and then I've also used on my phone focus mode so you can only use certain apps for five minutes at a time before it says oh it's going to close in a minute and you have to like actively press if you want five more minutes and that's been really quite useful but my screen time at work the last few weeks wow has really (laughs) (laughs) has really 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 shot up and I'm thinking it's because Again, it's this kind of resentment of, well, I've done what I can do um, or I've done what I need to do. But yeah, I just have to sit here until it's five o'clock and time to go home. And I can see that reflected in my screen time. And actually, if I go back to when I was in my like mid 20s, you could also see it in my bank balance in terms of the amount of uh, ASOS deliveries that would turn up at the house because I would just I'd be bored. And I'd like search the new in page of ASOS and Zara like every single day. <laughs> so for me, yeah, it's, it's screen time at work. But it, it is that interesting thing of, <laughs> I don't want work to waste my time. I can waste my own time effectively. <laughs> <laughs> we can't both be here wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> but I would rather me waste my time than you waste my time. <laughs> oh because yeah what what do you fill those hours with i don't know it's it's mm. i said this to my friend and she was like well it can be quite relaxing you know for 10 minutes at the end of the day just to scroll through instagram i was like yeah 10 minutes is fine two and a half hours not so much (laughs) (laughs) what's a quandary yeah and it's i just it really interested me as somebody who speaks and writes at length about reclaiming your time reclaiming your space and yet i have this thing inside me which is like yeah but you're not you're not allowed to you can't just do what you want why do you think you're still telling yourself that though i think it's it's the conditioning since birth that we are economic units that must be outputting and productive and you know leisure or and I, I think I wrote a blog post about this or it was a podcast I wrote a thing 
I'll find it. <laughs> but it was like, you go to school at age four and you're mm. taught like, you're here for this time where you work and then you're allowed to go and do what you want. Mm. And just like, like you're saying with Frank, feel like having the things you want pushed into the margins. Like I feel that's actually quite a difficult thing to break, pull the margins into the middle. Hundred mm-hmm. percent get that. I think it was a podcast because I think it was something that I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was I was watching somebody's story the other day, and they were talking about as well how and it. It could be influenced by your podcast. I might be mixing up my thoughts about how everything up until you're like about three is about play. Mm, yeah. And then that stuff all gets pushed into the recesses. And it makes sense that it's so hard for us to break because if you think like three to 30, it's 27 years for me, it's even more than that, like of almost indoctrination, mm-hmm. really. And it's going to take longer than five months, two, three, four, five years of self-employment or just unlearning and questioning and unraveling to undo almost three decades worth of education Mm -hmm. and grinding down. Mm -hmm. Especially when you still have the messages coming in. Mm. And when to to an extent, no matter what you choose to do, because we live in a capitalist society where you need money and we need to make money to spend and just live and exist, you're going to have to play the game in some way. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not playing the traditional game, you're just you're, you're deciding your rules kind of within still within certain parameters. And the whole thing really pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> You come, and basically when you asked, oh, so what's the same since last last time you spoke? I'm still angry. I'm angry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm angry at the entire structural <laughs> structure of our society and economy. <laughs> I want to tell myself I need to get over it because... No, because when you get over it, you stop... Caring? Yeah. You mm. just fall back into the ready-made path. Mm. And you know what? This is actually interesting about anger. Uh, I've been working with Madison Morrigan, a coach, and she was like, "When? What's your relationship to anger?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Ang- I don't get anger." And <laughs> we've been actually trying to draw it out because I really, I, it's been something I do is that I skip over anger and like get to like getting it better. I've forgot the word for that. But actually, like anger is a f- really useful thing to use to do stuff (laughs) and where a lot of my apathy is from is like actually i've not got any fire which Mm. anger can provide and that yeah when you when you feel not getting angry at it if you're not like no this isn't for me you just (laughs) you slot back in Mm. i feel that a lot because i know for me starting out and doing a lot of my creative endeavors particularly starting yeah not creative stuff creative <laughs> we've elevated anyway <laughs> particularly like workshops or just new ideas I think I want to bring to life and try I've been met with so much self-doubt and I sit there and I do the research and the idea just keeps coming back to me and, and I'm like mm, yeah and it could work like this and I 
journal things out and I sketch them out and I imagine them in my mind. And it gets to a point where the frustration of the constant thinking and thinking and thinking helps me get past the self-doubt and do. And it's the, the frustration, it's the anger that just makes me think, oh, for goodness sake, I'm just... I'm annoyed at myself now. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep thinking about this stuff. I I have to see if it's if it's a thing. I have to to try it to know. Um, So yeah, anger can be a pretty good uh, tool for doing. I love our chats. I I don't know if we've come to any conclusions here, but get angry. (laughs) Turn off your screen time. <laughs> I, in fact i would i know it's the sort of thing because i mean i've avoided it my whole life actually looking at my screen what my screen time is but i think that would be a really cool thing for everybody to do is actually go and work out what it is a year you and just like is that because that's the thing i'm like this is why i'm not reading any books because i'm spending over a month of a year on freaking instagram and that's I'm just like no I'm not spending I'm no, I am not spending my life like that yeah, I am not, like, I am not. no um, and, and it so for people and up until that I d- run those numbers I was just like oh it's annoying that I'm on Instagram all the time but yeah, but, yeah and get that anger of like oh my god what the hell am I doing has really just been like no that's it and so yeah it would be interesting to hear other people's experiences of actually working out that and what how many months <laughs> of their years they're spending because I think it does like just be like oh okay no that's not that is not on and, yeah. and how much we like in the day to day like put value on Instagram but when we look at it as this is how I'm spending a whole month it's like God no! What? <laughs> Obviously, I don't want to be spending it on Instagram. It really helps to devalue Instagram. I don't know if the word is devaluing, but at least decentering it from. Mm. Uh, it's a place I love to connect and chat, but I'm actually pretty good. I think just putting it in its box and being like, "You don't get above your station." <laughs> um, well, good for you. <laughs> uh, no, it's. Uh, it's in, it's in an improvement, but I wouldn't say I'm brilliant at it, but um, it's definitely a marked improvement. But maybe that's more in terms of how seriously I take it rather than how much time I'm spending mm. there. Yeah, spending exactly, because that was my thing. I, like, not really posted much, not, like, not really not really caring, but mm. that just means that, like I said, numbing out on it. Mm. Watching weird TikTok videos. <laughs> On Instagram. <laughs> oh my god, I hate my life. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I love my life, and that's why I'm not spending it on Instagram anymore. <laughs> I think we've covered a very valuable topic here yeah. today, is which is actually what am I angry about, and what can I be angry about next, so I can do things. <laughs> yeah, nice. very good life lesson covered. There we go. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Okay, let's, should we stop talking now? <laughs> yeah. Enjoy everybody. Go and t- tell me what your screen time is, particularly if it's more than mine. I would really love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Any links we mentioned will be in the show notes on my website at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Sasha on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at frankandfeel. If you have a friend who you think would really enjoy this episode, please do send them the link and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow with soul.